is a short one. The nugget is, look back. Look back to learn. Look back to learn. And look forward to success. Look back to learn and look forward to success. Amen. That's some good thoughts. You know, usually when we look back, we're thinking about all the bad things, but this says look back to learn from it. And look forward to success. Glory to God. Amen. Okay, Father, we're praising you. We just give you thanks, Lord, as we look to your word this morning. I thank you, Lord, that each and every one of our eyes be open to greater revelations, Father God, that you give us as individuals. We praise you. We just give you thanks, Lord, that your word has been sent to heal and deliver us, Father God, and give us greater insight, Father God, on the possibilities that we have as your children. In Jesus' name, amen. When your heart is not filled with the Word of God, or when a heart is not filled with the Word of God, the force of faith is not there. Okay? Faith-filled words will dominate the law of sin and death and all its forces. So with that thought, let's turn to the New Testament and look at the book of Romans. We'll go to Romans chapter 8. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, we could start off with verse 1. Romans 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. But verse 2 is what we want to look at. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. I'm going to read from the Amplified. For the law of the Spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus, the law of our new beginning, has freed me from the law of sin and death. So the word is there to set you free. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Our tongue can be used uh, as a weapon to harm people and destroy them, or our tongue can be used as a tool to build up and heal. Uh, but whatever one compromises to keep, you will lose it. Whatever you compromise to keep, you will lose it. And we're talking about God's word. You know, there's a lot of things. Well, I don't have to do that. You know, that's Old Testament. And, you know, you're going to lose something because you're going across God's word. Okay. Um, now let's turn to the book of Proverbs. We're going to be looking at Proverbs quite a bit this morning. But... Uh, to the book of Proverbs, and we want to go to the 18th chapter. That's Proverbs chapter 18. Glory to God. Now, the Bible shows there's a difference between life, a life-giving tongue and a life-destructive uh, tongue. So we look at uh, Proverbs 18. Chapter 18, look at verse 21. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. So your tongue is, is going to give life or death. You'll produce life for yourself or death. And unfortunately, we are in a negative world and we tend to follow into a negative vein. You know, I can't do this. You've heard that before. This is too much. Um, it never happened. All those negative statements 
are the worldly, worldly opinion. We look at God's word and he says, you're made to be more than a conqueror. What you put your hand to shall prosper. I have blessed thee. So what are we going to listen to? We're going to, we usually will tend to lean to the negative side because it's predominant in our life. But we need to get into God's word to produce the proper results, not only in our life, but our family's life, friend's life, and others that we come in contact. We can change the world by how we speak. Okay, glory to God. So, life and death are in the power of the tongue. So we're going to use two words today, blessed and cursed. We're going to look at two things, or under these two headings, blessed and cursed. Under blessed, we'll be looking at the good things like building, loving, encouraging, soothing, and spirit-filled. Under the blessed, one more time, building, loving, encouraging, smoothing, and spirit-filled. On the negative side, we've got to look at it too. Under the curses or the curse, you're going to find critical, unwholesome, ridiculing, sharp, and evil. One more time, under the word cursed. Critical, unwholesome, ridiculing, sharp, and evil. Okay, have you got your list? One side, you know, you draw that line there and you got blessings and cursing and you got these opposing thoughts. Okay, building means to, uh, building the word means to instruct you, to improve you, glory to God, to build you up, to edify, to affirm, to promote growth. That's building. It's it's sincere compliments that the word gives an affirmation to strengthen people's lives and give them a better positive attitude in life. So that's what we need to build. God's word tells us uh, we have a choice to be successful. We have choices to be successful. You choose God's way and you'll be successful. Knowing who you are in Christ Jesus builds you up and leads you into a life of victory. Amen. So we need, that's why we need God's word. Find out what, how we to operate. And then we have the mind of Christ. And glory to God. We learned how to live victoriously because we have God's way. God's way says, my ways are higher than your ways. So, unfortunately, most of us take the low. Well, this is, this is easy. It, you can coast down this hill. I'll glory to God. You know, and we run into all sorts of things. But God says, my ways are higher. And oh, no. Higher? My gosh, look at that. It's a, it's a mountain. But he says, you go from glory to glory. Line upon line. Precept upon precept. It's always going up. God's always bringing us up into greater blessings. So he says, choose my ways, and you'll go up. Thank you for all the amens. Okay, let's go to Ephesians chapter 4 a moment. For a moment here, and then that's Ephesians chapter 4.
in Ephesians chapter 4. Oh, look at this. Going up God's way. Ephesians chapter 4, looking at verse 29. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good, to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace to the hearers. Our words are supposed to lift people up, not tear them down. Lift them up and not tear them down. You've you got to find something good. You know, what's that... that, what's that uh, in that uh, cartoon or Bambi, you know, and they had that, that little rabbit there uh, called Thumper. And uh, he said, if you can't say nothing good, don't say anything at all. So you, you need to be like Thumper. Always say something good. Don't say something bad. Okay. Okay, now, we... we that's building, not upon the other side, the, the, the curse. To be critical, critical, uh, it contrasts building. Critical wor words find, are judgmental and find fault. They tear down, they beat up, and they focus on defects and inadequacies. So, oh, What's wrong with you? Why can't you do it? Well, I mean, it's always on a critical size, side. Anybody ever heard of that before? I know you can do the job, but you just stink at it. You don't want to do it. You know, that's, that's a critical nature that uh, a lot of us have, or had. I'll put it that way, okay? They, again, they tear down. They find fault. They beat up. They focus on defects. Well, how come your nose is crooked? You know, oh, you got big ears, you got little ears, you know. You got a small, you got big eyes, you got one eye that's crooked. I mean, we do all sorts of things, especially as kids, you know. Going to, how many remember going to grammar school or going through school and there was somebody else that was a little different? Maybe they stuttered. Or maybe they wore glasses. I remember before, not before, you four eyes, you, 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 you know. So we found being critical to people, it became a, a second nature. And children pick it up real quick, you know. She's fat, she's skinny. He's dopey looking, you know, he's got big, you know. Everything is critical, that's terrible, okay. Um, do you want to be known as a constant pessimistic? person or an optimistic encourager, okay? Criticism displays a bitter and sour spirit that has a distinct stench to it. Let me read that again. Criticism displays a bitter and sour spirit that has a distinct stench to it. To become a man or woman of God who displays godly values and traits is what people respect and honor and love. So we need to be a person that builds people up, not, not being critical. Okay, going back to the blessing side, it says we need to be loving. Hallelujah. Loving re reflects God's nature. Uh, 
Love is supposed to be a, the hallmark of a Christian. Amen? Let's go to John chapter 13. We'll see that. John chapter 13. In John chapter 13, we will look at verse 35. Jesus is speaking. He says, By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one towards another. another. Glory to God. So we need this love to pervade in our life. And let's go to, well, since we're in the New Testament, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. What, what chapter is that called? The way of love. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, looking at, beginning with verse 1. Though I speak with the tongue of men and angels and have not love, I have becoming sounding brass or a uh, tinkering cymbal. Though I have the gifts of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge and have all faith so that I could remove mountains and not have love, I am nothing. Wow. Who would, who would fall into this position? What person do you see in the Bible fell into this position? There's a lot of them, but I'm thinking of Joseph. All those bad, rotten things happened to him, and he just did things. And he didn't down his brothers. You know, whatever job they gave him, he did the job to perf perfect way. Okay, and verse 3. Though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I, my body be burned and have not love, I pro it profits me nothing. Joseph, Joseph operated in love. And we expect, what, when you look at somebody like that, been sold by his brothers, goes, goes into slavery, then goes into prison. And what does he do? He takes what's been given to him and he brings it up to a new scale. He takes it from the depths and brings it up. We need to do, need, we need to do the same thing. Whatever people plague you with, accuse you with, you can bring it up. People see that you're honorable and respectful. Amen. Glory. Love tells the truth in a constructive way. How did Joseph speak to his brothers after, his, after, after her dad passed away? I got you now. No, he, he spoke to him in a constructive way. Glory to God. Uh, it never flatters them, but warns and confronts and protects individuals. So we need to be loving. Glory to God. Uh, since we're in the New Testament, let's continue on to the book of Ephesians chapter 4. This, uh, once again, Ephesians chapter 4, looking at verse 15. But speak the truth in love that may grow unto him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. We need to speak truth in love. Wow. Let's drop all the way down to verse 25. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbors, for we are members one of another. We need to speak truth. Okay. All you saints out there, how many ever kind of were asked a question 
it was a yes or no answer, or question, but you kind of stretched it out where it maybe could have. Nobody's ever done that. Even the small things. <laughs> oh, when the kids were small. <laughs> and the kids were getting rowdy at night a little bit. <laughs> Wife couldn't handle it. <laughs> so she said, you know, Go, go, go play someplace. Go in your room for a minute. You go over there and turn the clock. Oh, it's your bedtime. <laughs> go to bed. <laughs> you know, it's constructive. It helped them out. It helped her out. <laughs> a little quiet time, you know. None of you have ever done that, you know. Stretch the time out or cut the time down where you're not being plagued. Okay. She didn't love, I guess. <laughs> okay, let's, uh, since we're back up, back up to the book of Romans one more time. In Romans chapter 13. In Romans chapter 13. Romans, uh, we're speaking of love at this point. Romans chapter 13, looking at verse 10. Love works no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. Glory to God. We need to start uh, moving the crusty stuff or the dust that's uh, in our love walk so we can love others properly and not be cynical or something. Yeah, we're looking at two different things again. Uh, let's go to the book of Proverbs now. Speaking of love, Proverbs chapter 27 this time. In Proverbs chapter 27, glory to God. Look at this. Proverbs chapter 27, looking at verse 6. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. I mean, they, that this individual, this, this uh, friend operates in love. There might be, you know, make some corrections. How many have ever had a friend say, hey, you need not do that? You know, they're not saying, ah, you, you stupid person. But they come to you and say, you know, you could approach this situation. You could, could have approached this situation in a better manner instead of just jumping on down their throat. You could have did this in a much smoother manner, and they would have learned and respected you for it. Instead of saying, you could have did this and this and this, you know, when you get that type of, uh, well, I think we've all been in a position that the boss has, we've done something not quite right, and the boss comes up to you and says, uh, you stupid, you could have did it better this way. Instead of, he could have said, you know, this alternative would have been better if you did it this way instead of that way, and there wouldn't be any egg on your face. Now, we need to operate in such a way that we have the same capabilities when someone uh, makes a mistake and we see it, we don't pounce on them, but we show them in a loving way how to do it. You know, you're a lot better. 
You're a lot better off, and so is that other person. She says, well, that's a good friend. He showed me how to operate, or how, how she should operate, or how I should operate, if I should have in, uh, in another encounter in that way. Now, they respect you for, oh, I can, I can, I can avoid that mess. Okay. Proverbs, you're still in Proverbs uh, chapter 27, right? Look at verse 17. Iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. So there you go. Sometimes you need to be straightened out. Yeah. Iron sharpens iron. You know, being dull is not good. <laughs> and a good place for those that are married, iron sharpens iron. Take, take what your mate says with open response of love. And don't jump back down. Well, you've done it too. I mean, I saw you do it. Why, why are you jumping on me? I saw you do it, you know. Char, iron sharpens iron. We need to just have that. Or is people on, at the job. Same thing. Show them that you love, but they'll be better, for, better off for it because, or you'll be better off it. I'll put it this way. I'll be better off for it because they've corrected me in such a manner that, hey, I realize I've done something wrong and I won't have that. Hopefully, I won't do that again because in love they've, quote, rebuked me but showed it to me in love. Some of you are saying, I never had that. Good. <laughs> okay, on the other side of, of love, we're going to find unwholesomeness. Unwholesomeness. Uh-oh. These words are opposite of loving words, unwholesomeness. They make unfair comparisons. They use people as dumping grounds or garbage cans. And their unwholesome words are to manipulate, to bring grief and sorrow. And they are like a cancer to destroy a person's mental or moral well-being. That's unwholesomeness. You stupid Jew. You know, words like that. And it's meant to jab them, okay? Uh, we need to disregard any unwholesome words. Or we need to disregard speaking unwholesome, unwholesome words. Because unwholesome words brings rottenness to the bones. Rottenness to the bones. What is a bone? And what is, bone, what is inside the, the bone? Marrow. And it produces a blood. Produces blood. It says rotten to the bone. Well, if the bone is bad, that means there's not a good, good supply of blood going there. All right? Okay. Bones, con uh, bones contain marrow, which produce blood cells, which uh, also, have, also have healthy benefits as they produce... Or pardon, as they reduce the risk of disease. So the marrow in your, in your uh, the marrow that produces the blood uh, 
brings a resistance it produces, that comes against any disease that comes against it. Unwholesome words will soon produce a disease filled spirit. Unprodu uh, unwholesome words will soon pr produce a disease filled spirit. So if you're having uh, uh, or you're, if you're using un unwholesome words, uh, your spirit is going to be diseased. It's going to have it's not, it's not going to have anything good coming out of it. Nobody said hey, oh me on that one. All right. Proverbs chapter 26. Proverbs chapter 26. This time we want to look at verse. Um, we're looking at still un, an unwholesome tongue. Proverbs 26, looking at verse 28. A lying tongue hateth those that are afflicted by it, and a flattering mouth worketh ruin. Wow. Unwholesome tongues as a hating one, a lying one. Wow. Let's uh, back up even more. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 11 this time. We'll be bouncing around here in Proverbs. Proverbs 11, verse 13. A talebearer. Proverbs 11, 13. A talebearer reveals secrets. Uh-oh. A tarot bear reveals secrets. Well, that's not a wholesome tongue to you. You promise not to tell, I'll cross my heart, hope to die, and you know, all that type of stuff. <laughs> how your kids were, or are, or how we were. You promise not to tell, cross your heart. You know, I double dog dare you not to do that, you know, that type of stuff. Uh, so somebody that uh, has an unwholesome tongue is going to reveal secrets and they're going to improve on that secret. They're going to stretch the truth. Okay. Um, Proverbs chapter 16. What about that unwholesome tongue? Maybe, maybe this is something that has happened. I'm hoping it, that has not happened to you, but if you've had a... Uh, Unwholesome tongue, this, this is a product, of, a product of. Chapter 16, verse 28, Proverbs 16, 28. A forward man soweth strife, but a whisper separates chief's friends. Have you lost any friends because you've said something unwholesome about them? And they find out about it. Why, why did you go to that person and say, I did this? I thought they looked this way or they intended this way. See, you, in a wholesome tongue, you'll lose friends. Let's go on to verse tw uh, chapter 26. This is in proper, uh, Proverbs chapter 26, looking at verse. Look at verse 21. As coals are... Are to burning, me, as coals are to burning coals and wood to fire, so is a contentious man that kill, uh, kindles strife. An unwholesome tongue keeps strife going. You think you have things all, all cleared up with, with the, that person that you had strife with, but somebody else says, well, you know, after you talk to them, they said this about you. You know, this person would just want to egg you on. 
or you, they said this about you or you said that about them and they're going to try to egg you on to even worse things. That's an unwholesome tongue. Wow. Now let's go to, since we're in that area, let's back up to the book of Psalms. And in Psalms chapter 141, Psalms 141, Psalms 141, verse 3. Set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth. Keep the door of my lips. Love speaks good. Again, against uh, unwholesome tongue. Set a watch. And it shows respect. Set a watch over my tongue before my mouth. and Keep the door of my lips. Watch what you say. Zip your lip, as we nowadays say. Yeah. You don't need to say something. We need to learn to zip our lips, you know. Okay. Unwholesome. Let's go back to the good side. I hate to say it, the good side, but on the blessed side, uh, it says we need to encourage. Glory to God. Hallelujah. That sounds good. To encourage means to inspire courage and hope when you're encouraged. Glory to God. We are to encourage people by showing them respect for them. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3. Are you encouraging somebody or, you know, let's hope you are. We are. Hebrews chapter 3. And we want to look at verse 13. We want to encourage. That's Hebrews 3.13. But exhort one another daily while it is called a day, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. So we need to ex exhort or lift up people daily. Glory to God. Because if we don't, we could fall into the other trap where it says hardness of heart or deceitfulness of sin. And since we're in this neighborhood, back up to the book of First. Thessalonians, that's 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Glory to God. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. I hope we're all doing these things. The, the good parts on this, not the bad side. The blessings. That's 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, looking at verse 14. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn, that are, warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, be patient to all men. Glory to God. That's what we, that's, we need to encourage the disheartened, help the weak, be patient with everyone. Well, I know that uh, the Lord's really working me, with me on patience because I tell you, I go, like I said, I go in those, those grocery lines. I'll be glad when the wife begins to go shopping again. I don't have to go in those grocery lines. She can... <laughs> put up with that. Like, just, guess that's why I'm doing all the grocery shopping. <laughs> to, to build my patience. Okay. We need to encourage people. Okay. Encourager is like a cheerleader. Yay, yay, yay. Go team, go team. You know, we need to be that way. Glory to God. Or the opposite of a cheerleader 
uh, how many heard? You're like a wet blanket. You just put out everything good. <laughs> you know, things are going good, and here comes that wet blanket. Ah, you know, it's not that good. At, you know, it, it, wreck the party. You, know, you want to be a good cheerleader. Be an encourager. Glory to God. Okay. Encourager. Now we're going to look at the next one, which is... Okay. Ridiculing. Wow. To ridicule or, or to be ridiculed is to be caustic. To ridicule is being caustic. That means you mock, you deride, you taunt, you call names, name calling, okay? Um, it, your name calling or ridiculing, devaluates peoples. And it's a cloak, cloaked in, in a veil of humor. Oh, I was just kidding. I didn't say that you had four eyes or, you know, you got, you got a big nose or floppy ears. You know, I was just kidding. You know, that, well, that's ridicule, okay? Uh, name, name calling is not funny. You know, sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. Well, that's wrong. You know that... Uh, Sticks and stones can break your bones, but name-calling can derail you for life if you're not walking with the Lord, okay? Even if you don't mean ill towards an individual, if a person gets injured by it. Anybody ever been ridiculed when they were kids? Not a hand. I tell you, you, you must have been in the in crowd. <laughs> But it injures that person when, when you ridicule them. Uh, your, tongue become, your tongue becomes a dis, uh, disruptive or destructive weapon. And it's not a life-giving tool. Your tongue is supposed to be good. You know. um, <laughs> here we go. I have to tell myself all the time. Oh, in high school, there was a, a girl that was you know, a little bit Backward, I'll put it that way. And uh, <laughs> they call her Zorro. <laughs> I don't But a few times she, she, you know, she was trying. But, you know, she take take that hand cream, facial hand cream for you know your face for the girls. You know, just smeared all over her face, and she comes to school that way. I mean. <laughs> I mean, people like, oh, brother, Zorro. <laughs> I don't know how they got that. But <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I hope, <laughs> hope she did better. I mean, it, it, she was being ridiculed all the time. I mean, here comes Zorro. Don't, don't get in her way. <laughs> you know, backward. She was just backward. And, uh, uh, <laughs> Little kids are bad at ridiculing, but when you get a, to be a teenager and you're ridiculing that, 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 that teenager now has real feelings that are developing and doing that type of thing is bad. So don't do it. Don't do it at work either. Okay. Yeah. Boy. Uh, let's, Ephesians. Drop back to the book of Ephesians. 
chapter 5. Oh, glory to God. Ephesians chapter 5, look at verse 4. This is ridicule, talking about ridicule. Neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor jesting, uh-oh, which are not convenient, but rather giving thanks. Wow. Let's go to verse, let's read it out of the Amplified. That's uh, Ephesians 5, 4. Let there be no filthiness, obscene, indecency, or foolish and sinful, silly and corrupt talk, or coarse jesting, which are not fitting or becoming, but instead a vo voice your thanksgiving to God. Boy, sometimes... Uh, You know, a lot, a lot of the stuff would be removed out of our schools if we would put the Bible back into schools. Children would learn something. And if we could put the Ten Commandments back on, up on the wall. You know, since the Ten Commandments, you know, the reason that the Supreme Court had the, the Ten Commandments taken off the walls in schools was they said that in the... In the um, their thesis as to supporting this reason to take the Ten Commandments out, that the children would read it and do them. Now, that was dumb and stupid. Because you look what right now, one of the commandments is thou shalt not kill or murder. And what have we got? All these kids going to school. If they read that, they might have had some sense. I think the Supreme Court made a big boo-boo on a few. There's, they made major boo-boos if we go through, but... Oh, show you, we're taking prayer out of school, we're taking uh, anything. I think it's, uh, it's either Kentucky or Tennessee is putting, they're allowing reading in the Bible as a course in school. So glory to God. Hopefully those states will turn around and maybe the rest of us will pick it up. Okay. Um, go to James chapter 3. James chapter 3. This ridiculing is terrible. And unfortunately, we all do it. Even as adults. Not a, not a head went down. I mean, you're good. I tell you, you're good. Okay. Before we begin to ridicule something, we need to look at this. James chapter 3. You found James chapter 3 yet? Look at verse 6. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So, it, so is the tongue among them, our members, that it defiles the whole body. It's, wow, defiles our whole body. It defiles other people, too. And, and on set on fire, the course of nature, and is set on fire of hell. Whoa, ridicule. When we ridicule people, we are allowing our tongue, which is on fire, which is ignited by hell itself. So we're allowing the devil to use our tongue. Okay? Fire. Sound fire of hell. Oh, wow. That's hurtful. Okay. Got to hurry up. Next one is soothing. On the good side. Soothing. Soothing words heal. Glory to God. Let's go back to Pro let's go back into the book of Proverbs. 
Proverbs chapter 15. In Proverbs chapter 15, it's too bad they don't uh, make uh, the book of Proverbs and, uh, and I think it's Ephesians a mandatory reading for high schoolers. They would learn something, especially in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 15. Verse 4, a, a wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness therein is a breach of the spirit. Soothing words are tongues of life, are our tongue of life. Glory to God. That sounds good. Well, let's go back up to verse 1, verse, uh, chapter 15 of Proverbs 1. A soft answer turns away wrath, but grievous words stirs up anger. So we need to have good, soothing words come forth. Amen? Amen? Um, we'll go to the New Testament again. You, you love me. <laughs> New Testament. And find the book of 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 T Timothy chapter 2. Verse 24, that's 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 24. And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach patience. Okay. Now, we're not to strive. We have to have, we have to be soothing to people, you know. So have the right uh, complexity to us. Okay. Opposite. Soothing is the word sharp. Sharp words cut and dice. Sharp words include insults, jabs, and curse words, usually spoken with intense anger and bitterness. Oh. Anybody ever has sharp words? Boy, I'm going to have a healing line up here. Well, you know. <laughs> oh, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Okay. <laughs> so, let's go back to the book of Psalms, and we're going to go to Psalms 52. Sharp words. What do sharp words do? Psalms 52. Verse 2, thy tongue devises mischiefs, wow, like a sharp razor working deceitfully. Boy, we don't want to fall in that category. But if we use sharp words, it shows that we are deceitful. We have that capability within us. Uh, let's go back to... Well, we're still in Psalms. Psalms chapter 5. Psalms chapter 5 this time. You've got a whole list of verses that we're going to look at yet. Psalms chapter 5, looking at verse 9. For there is no faithfulness. There, listen to this. There is no faithfulness in their mouth. Their inward part is very... Wickedness. Their throat is an open sepulchre. 
and they flatter with their tongues. That's somebody with a sharp tongue. Look at that. It says their faithfulness is, there's no faithfulness. If we're having a sharp tongue, we're not being faithful to what we've been called to do. Oh, but you don't know about that individual. I have to talk about them because they talk about me. Or they don't do things right, and I know it's right. Uh, hello. says there's no faithfulness in your mouth when you do that. Faithfulness means you're going to be soothing, not uh, sharp. Okay. Uh, since we're in that neighborhood, let's go to chapter 11. Verse 7. That's Psalms 11, verse 7. The, right, the righteous Lord loveth righteousness, and his countenance doth behold the upright. Oh, glory to God. Uh, from the Amplified, it reads, For the Lord is rigidly righteous. He loves righteous deeds and upright and the upright behold his face, and he upholds the upright. Whoa. Well, got to put a mark there. I'm not positive that one. Okay, Psalms 36. In Psalms 36, glory to God. Look at verse 3, Psalms 36, 3. The words of his mouth are iniquity and deceit. He hath left off to be wise and to do good. Wow. Someone who's, who's um, is sharp with their tongue. It says they're not wise any longer and don't want to do good. Oh. Okay, let's go to the other side. We're looking at the other side. Uh, we're towards the bottom of the list. Spirit-filled. You want to be spirit-filled. Spirit-filled wor spirit words provide power and wisdom to harness your tongue. Wow, if you're, if you're spirit-filled, born again, you're a Christian, you should be able to control your tongue. Don't let it get out of, out of the... Because self-effort self cannot tame the tongue. It just goes rampant and wild. Even though if you have good intentions, uh, if you're going in that spirit field, you're not allowing the Holy Spirit to work with you, you can let it go wild. Uh, let's go to back, back to um, the New Testament, uh, to the book of Ephesians, and chapter 5. Oh, glory. We're almost done. We'll go over today, I think. Ephesians chapter 5. We're spirit-filled now. Ephesians chapter 5, beginning verse 17. Wherefore, be not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine, wherein excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Glory to God. Speaking to yourselves in hymns, psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to God, giving thanks always for all things unto God, the Father, and in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Glory to God. We need to operate. Uh, this commands us to be continually filled or operate by the Holy Spirit. Your words that come forth out of your mouth reveals what's in your heart. The words that 
come out of your mouth reveal what's in your heart. So uh, some of us don't even know our own heart. Sometimes we do splur things out. Hello. Um, a spirit person, spirit-filled person should be have sweet music instead of noisy symbols <laughs> coming forth. Matthew chapter 12. And we are close. Matthew chapter 12. Look at this. Spirit filled. Matthew chapter 12, verses 34. Matthew. It's the, Matthew 12, 34. We want to look at the latter part of it. It says, For out of the abundance of a heart, the mouth speaketh, verse 35. A good man out of the, of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth good things, and evil man out of his evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. Whoa. What's coming out of our mouth when you are tested? Oh, okay. No, no answers. Galatians chapter 5. Wow. In Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23, this is what we need. But the Spirit, Galatians 5, 22, But the, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against there is no law. Glory to God. That's you. That's what, how you operate. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Psalms, pardon me, Romans 6. Hurrying now. Romans chapter 6. Verse 13. Romans 6, 13. Neither yield your, your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves to, unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Or in other words, we need to present our tongues to God as an instrument of righteousness. Keep on the right side, side of God, okay? Um, got a couple more scriptures. Let's go to Psalms 34. Uh, David had quite a few things to say. In Psalms chapter 34, Look at verse 1. I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise shall be continuing in, in my mouth. If we were, would have that, praising God all the time, his praise, we would not uh, fall short on, on anything. All right, glory to God. Okay, the opposite of a spirit-filled life is to be evil, fueled by evil. And uh, we looked at, looked at James uh, chapter 3, verses 6. It says, a tongue is set on fire by hell, okay? Um, it's unruly and full of deadly poison. That's uh, James chapter 3, verses 6 and 8. Um, what else does the uh, tongue do on the uh, evil side? I found these to be real interesting. Uh, Psalms chapter 50, verse 19. That's Psalms 50, 19. Thou givest thy mouth to evil, and thy tongue fr uh, frameth deceit. Thou sittest and speakest str 
Look at it. Thou sittest and speakest against thy brother. Thou slanderest thy own, uh, thy own mother's son. Wow, that's heavy. That is really heavy. Okay. That's that evil side. We have one other one. Look what uh, Psalms 1, 1 says. I know we, we read it. We're going to look at Psalms 1, 1. This first part as a negative, not as a positive. Okay. So we're going to, since this is on the cursed side, we're going to say, Cursed is the man that walks in the counsel of the ungodly and sits in the way of sinners and sits in the seat of the scornful. That is an ungodly person. That is evil. Again, the tongue is a small but powerful. Unbridled, it dispenses deadly poisons. Uh, bridled, uh, bridle, it gives forth refreshing life. So, how is your tongue this morning? Hell-bent or heaven-sent? Okay. Are you ready for the questionnaire? We asked the question last week. How many know? The question was, there are two sets of brothers that are called disciples. What were their names? And you found that in Matthew chapter 4 and 18 and Matthew chapter 4, 21 and 22. Who are they? Peter and Andrew, Peter and Andrew stop. <laughs> who, who's the next, next two? James and John. Oh, you're good. You're good. And I also got, had a tag along there. Who is Denimus? Thomas. And what does Denim, Denimus mean? I told you what it means. Twin. Can you imagine if the twin came along with, with Thomas? Be doubt and unconfusion in confusion along. So that's why confusion didn't come. <laughs> okay, all right. For next week, I'm, gonna, I'm throwing a, cur a good curveball on this one. God promised Abraham that one of his sons would father 12 princesses. Who was the son? Isaac? Jacob? Ishmael or Esau? Abraham said, God told Abraham, you're going to have 12 sons. Now, who had 12 sons? Hmm. You'll find the answer in Genesis. It'll really throw you for a loop here. The answer is found in Genesis chapter 17. Shall I tell you the verse or you want to read it? It might be a long chapter. Genesis chapter 17, verse 20, you'll find out the... the person who had the 12 sons. Anybody need prayer this morning? Five after, I got to give you, get you out five minutes early next week. Okay, let's all stand. We'll close. Father, we are praising you and we're giving you thanks, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for the word. I thank you, Lord. It is here to encourage us, Father God. The word is also, Father God, to, to correct us, Father God, and in our wrong thinking. And I, we praise you. We just give you thanks that uh, when we have that wrong thinking, that we are able, Father God, to 
release that wrong thinking, Father God, and take up where you want us to be. So, Father, we praise you for it. Now, as we go our separate ways, I thank you, Lord, that we are the blessed. What we put our hand to shall prosper. What we speak will come to pass. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. Amen.